Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Amen. The scriptures for the sermon, not only today, but all this Lent on Sundays, are the um, readings from the Old Testament appointed each week, connected with not only the Holy Gospel in some way, but also other New Testament scriptures. Indeed, the sermon series, The Covenant Fulfilled. And before I begin today, I am going to do something I've never done and offer an apology for a previous sermon. Not the content, I, I hope and pray it's always from God's Word, but maybe the delivery last week, if you were with us, we started this series, and I gotta tell you, the 24 hours before I mentioned it in the sermon to illustrate, I was distracted with plumbing leaks in the home, and here in the church building, didn't get to practice the sermon the way I like and make it smooth. See if you notice a difference today, maybe. I don't know. And again, I used that as an illustration at the start, a, a little rehash here, how the, there's craziness in this world, but we saw from God's word how our God is steady and sure. We had the first week, Genesis 22, after this scene, actually afterwards, where Abraham was called to sacrifice his son Isaac. That was crazy, right? But he trusted in God, trusted indeed in the resurrection. And indeed, God was showing him that he is faithful. God, this is what he would do with his son, his only son whom he loves. Same way, carrying the wood for the sacrifice. Same place, Mount Moriah, Mount Zion, Calvary, if you will. And it shows there that God's covenant is fulfilled, I think, even in the chaos of this world. Today's message is similar, again, from years earlier, actually, Genesis 17. Let me share some select verses here. First, the introduction, the opening words of God. He says, to Abraham, I am God Almighty. Remember that. It's not what it says in Hebrew. We'll come back. He changes Abraham's name to Abraham and then says, I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. I will make you into nations. Kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you. And more promises to Sarai, Sarah also. God's covenant. This is one of the key sections in the Old Testament. Promised to Abraham. Indeed, even as his name is changed. 
And there's one key word a lot, really, here, but one in particular that you can't really see in English. It was right there in what I quoted at the end. God promises to be God to you and to your offspring after you. Not many translations translated with the word I would use, seed. It's literally seed there. His seed would be blessed. And this is a key description of God's covenant. Today, as we look at the covenant promise, God is telling us, it is present, although maybe not fully grown and, and blooming, bearing fruit yet in our ignorance and sinful blindness. We, we can't see what God sees or we come to his covenant with our own agenda, wanting certain things maybe that God hasn't promised in the way he, he hasn't promised. It's a seed. That goes back to the very first promise of the Savior, Genesis 3.15. It's called by a fancy word. I don't know if I'll pronounce proto-evangelium or something like that. The first proto-gospel. After Adam and Eve sinned, God cursed the serpent and said to him, I will put enmity, strife between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He will crush your head, though you will bruise his heel. That was a prediction, big and vague and wide, right, of some descendant of Eve who would crush the devil's head. A seed, same word is used to Noah. After the flood, his seed would be blessed. And so many times with Abraham, I listed them on the screen. Genesis 12, Genesis 15, a number of times. Genesis 17 here, I counted a half dozen times that word is used. Offspring, descendant, seed is how God's covenant comes. And that may be, it is, the answer for why we don't always see it with our eyes like a seed growing in the ground through the Old Testament and in our lives until the consummation on the final day. It's growing and blossoming and bearing its fruit. Indeed, that's the, really the only other point I want to make right now about the promise here. Fruitful. God promises Abraham, you will be. You will be the father, here this translation says, of a multitude of nations. I think the other said many nations. But I don't like that word nations because it sounds like the United States, Mexico, Canada, nations, political entities. It's peoples. It's in his name. Am. Av, father, ra, many. Am, peoples. He would be the father of many peoples. Indeed, as we heard, I hadn't planned that as the stars in the sky and the 
and the sands on the shore more than he could count indeed what a promise this is did Abraham see it with his eyes no if you look at the context maybe when you get home God had promised a blessing to Abraham this blessing decades earlier and as it happened without a child at all his wife gave him her handmaiden and he fathered Ishmael but he was banished God was with him and his mom but that was 13 years previous just at the end of chapter 16 you can count the years now over a decade later God is promising to this man nearing 100 indeed and it would be a year later that that child would come now depending how you do the calculations maybe Abraham he lived to be 175 maybe he saw and knew there's no encounters really mentioned his his grandsons the 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 twins Esau and Jacob but he surely didn't see the the 12 tribes coming from Jacob and the hundreds and thousands and millions directly descendant from him outwardly let alone the many many more that is the promise truly present among us both these ideas are important for you and for me as we're looking for the promises of God in our life in our sin not seeing everything he's doing and not expecting the size of his 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 blessings realize that it's a seed growing amongst us in ways we can't even imagine first of all the new testament clearly shows us who that seed is in Galatians chapter 3 the Apostle Paul makes a big point of saying it's one person he says the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring that is the Greek word sperma there seed it does not say and to offsprings plural referring to many but referencing to one and to your offspring who is Christ that is the blessing God promised Abraham that that seed would come in the flesh is Jesus Christ the seed with a capital S the replacement Adam for your sin and mine the replacement Eve dear ladies for your sin and indeed bear the fruit of taking that sin away by his own death that, that, that was not expected connected today I think is Mark chapter 9 our gospel reading where Jesus really for the first time uh, allows that title Christ and you can see why he didn't use that title 
previously or much later, it was misunderstood. Peter confessed that you are the Christ. But as soon as he started predicting his suffering and death, Peter rebuked him. No, may it never happen to you. He misunderstood how God's covenant would come through an atoning sacrifice. It is the essence of, of, of God's promise in this seed. Indeed, Jesus emphasized that his death is the only way that seed can sprout and grow and spread amongst us as we come each Sunday remembering his body and blood when we have communion. His, our baptism in, in him and his death as we'll do this afternoon. That's where his promises grow. For indeed, many peoples. You see that. Indeed, in some of the same sections where Jesus talks about himself as a seed, he emphasized, unless a kernel of wheat, same thing, a seed, falls to the ground into the earth and dies, it remains alone. If it dies, it bears much fruit. And then he goes on with similar words we just heard from Mark 8. Whoever loves his life loses it. Whoever hates his life in this world keeps it for eternal life. As there is that sacrifice of Jesus marking your life as you marking Jesus with the imitation, that's when the blessings grow and flow. Indeed, you become his seed. Galatians chapter 3 continues that thought. After saying that the, this offspring, the seed is Christ, later on, at the very last verse of the chapter, the Apostle Paul writes, if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed, heirs according to the promise. You have all the glory and gifts of the very Son of God himself as God's child. And indeed, we can't count those people. Now, we, like Abraham, may not see what, what God is doing in our lives and we surely can't fathom the growth as we go forth trusting in him sharing the same sacrifice Christ made for us but it's happening there's a promise and it's presently working amongst us I mentioned the start of this text God calls himself in this translation and most God Almighty, but you may know the Hebrew title there. It's El Shaddai, and it's very rare in the Old Testament. In that form, it is actually occurring only three times in Scripture. Here, Exodus chapter 6 where God tells Moses in the past I was known as El Shaddai and I think once in Ezekiel now God is called uh, the, with uh, the end of that Shaddai whatever it means Hebrew scholars don't know some think it means mountain God of the mountain um, 
There's another interesting option, however, that it is God of enough.